0: BANG BANG BANG
1: to uh to all of you guys and everybody out there watching and uh watching and listening. Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year, Tony. Happy New
3: Year.
4: Happy New Year.
1: Yeah, uh let's let's hope it's a better one than 2021. I I mean, I'm sure people out there have had some. For some people, 2021 was probably a great year. I wasn't one of them. I <laughs> don't know about you guys.
2: Well, Brian and I were just talking about this um prior to starting the recording is that you know everybody said well 2020 is really bad so gosh i guess it sets you up to be hopeful about 2021 and you know (laughs) 2021 was also bad so i guess uh don't keep hope alive i'm not quite sure what the message was there but definitely it, it could always get worse i guess is the uh the theme of the day so um but yes hopefully this year we'll be pulling out that um things will be looking better get go hopefully inflation will eventually get it in uh, in line and uh, they'll get supply chain things figured out and maybe we won't have to worry about COVID as much who knows so we're right in the midst of a a big surge at this point so it'll be interesting looking back and this hopefully it will hopefully this won't be as bad as they're predicting but it sounds like it's the first time a lot of people that I know firsthand are getting it actually so this is actually spreading uh, a lot closer to home uh fortunately nobody is is very ill that that I know to me. But uh yeah, it's get it's it's definitely getting much closer this time around than it has in the past waves of it.
4: It's the new normal, Joe.
1: Yeah, well I've done all I can. So, you know, I'm you know looking forward to just I'm looking forward for spring. <laughs> See, I'm a weird guy, so like all right, technically, okay, this is how goofy I think. Uh so for me, truly, I love the month of April because that's like, like full blown spring. And traditionally, April 1st, thereabouts, is the opening day for Major League Baseball, and summer's right around the corner. But because of the way I think, which is like I'm always trying to be prepared, I, like, I look forward to March 1st because now that, that gives me like 30 days of, of a countdown. Um, or 31 days in, in March, I guess, uh, as a countdown to spring. And for the most part, you know, March is fairly okay weather. Sometimes we have the first couple of weeks are pretty bad. But so I just want to get us through January and February and, you know, bring on March. That's that's what I'm looking for. Let's march towards March.
2: Well, speaking of countdown, we should probably do some of our plugs first before we go any further on today's show. So speaking of counting down, as uh, the countdown is on for the Tri-C program. This is it, right? The last month. Uh, so um, first January. that's right. So uh, if you're looking to get lock in that pricing, this is your time to act. Um, this is, you know, a, a great opportunity. It, it's really the best pricing option for you. Um, but it's kind of, you know, it, it's, it's something that it's not sustainable. So it's something that we have to kind of bring to an end. We, it's not affordable to keep that kind of pricing range up but really it gives you all of Tony's videos right away on day one uh, when you pay up. And then you and a training partner basically have lifetime access, you know, to come out and train with Tony and also do uh, remote video learning. So it's it's really the complete package uh, and, and the best way that you can help support Tony too. So if you, if you care about uh catch wrestling and, and what tony teaches it's a great thing that you can do for him but it's it's the best for yourself honestly lock this pricing in and, and that's the reason why we have to kind of bring it to an end because it's not something uh that you know it's not scalable you can only have so many people so there there will be something new uh you know in the future but it won't be at this pricing so better jump it on be it now
1: as, it won't be as complete or anything like it won't be like lifetime training or anything
2: right right that's yeah something maybe in the terms of years or whatever or you know we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah and if you know obviously not everybody can do that not uh but at a minimum everybody listening uh who's enjoyed this podcast or who's enjoyed the free content we provide on our, the youtube channel uh can join up on our membership you know monthly membership uh there's two levels of that there's the ten dollar a month uh which gets you access to additional video content we put that out on a regular basis, every monthly, you'll get some new content stuff that is not, you know, it's not a rehash of before. It's new stuff that we film. Uh, usually, you know, Brian and I will come out to Tony's and we'll, we'll work through some techniques and we'll, we'll, we'll share that with the members. So that's uh, some unique content you can get there. Uh, if you can't do that at a minimum, you can at least join the $5 a month, kind of like a Patreon model saying thank you uh, for providing this content and help supporting us. Uh, like I said, all those, all those who have joined, we appreciate you doing it. Uh, it's acknowledged. Thank you for doing that. Um, and of course, obviously there's all kinds of other levels of training and video products on Tony's website, catchrussell.com. Check that out. Um, you know, we also like to plug our f- schools of our friends, people who have supported us um, and who train with us. Um, there's Jason Bender School, Bender Martial Arts and Fitness up on the north side, uh, you know, in the northeast side near Andersonville. Uh, gi jujitsu there muay thai uh, striking even judo classes it's a great great group of people there all levels of skills and it's very welcoming environment so highly recommend that Uh, if you're looking for no gi or more wrestling oriented uh, submission uh, styles on the north side of chicago there's 10th planet jujitsu with our good friend josh bassini another great guy high level athlete um, highly recommend that, and of course uh, the Akai Training Center, also on the north side. Obviously, we're north sider. so you hear a lot of those schools, but uh, you could probably get the uh, most authentic Muay Thai training you can in the Midwest. Uh, Rick Solo has just you know, had a lifetime uh, commitment to uh, learning the Thai arts and traveling there, and it's been supporting it. And so you couldn't get a better coach uh, if that's what you're interested in. So I think that runs us through all of it. So uh, back to you, Tony.
1: Yeah, and we were lucky to have every uh, Josh, Jason, and Rick as as guests in 2021, and certainly would like to have them all back again in 2022. Um, and uh, you know, we've been we you know we had a lot of nice people on the show uh, when you think about it. Jason Godsey, Shoni Carter, we we had a law enforcement perspective with uh, uh, Nico's brother, and you know others, you know, Paul Dodds, and everything. We had so many great guests you know we want to continue that you know we want to make sure that in 2022 we can get some new new people on there as well and bring back some of our friends so yeah let's let's look forward to making 2022 a uh, happening year here
2: absolutely and tony i don't know if you heard this but it's almost it's come full circle because uh brian was actually our first guest of 2021 uh but like almost to the day it was january 3rd that we published that episode and so <laughs>
4: Happy anniversary, Brian.
3: Hey, thank you so much. Do, do I get a gift then? Where's my anniversary present? You know, my wife expects a punch yeah. of the Hey, take a yeah, yeah, knuckle sandwich.
1: Yeah, knuckle sandwich. There you go. I'll buy you lunch. Um, yeah, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's really, people don't get it, though, it's, if you're not into this, because even when we started this, I, I thought we had a handle on things. We things. We don't. Sometimes <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get everybody's schedule, you know, together um it it really is it's difficult sometimes especially with the like russell Stuteley or paul dodds who are in different time parts of the world different time zones um you know it it really becomes challenging uh and then certain days see we normally film on sundays like right now we're filming sunday mornings here some days we have to change that we film during the week or whatever so it's difficult to, to coordinate even amongst ourselves. It, it's hard. So it can be challenging. Yeah, And I
3: will say, I mean, hats off to, you know, you gentlemen for keeping this going uh, all this time. If you look at YouTube or iTunes or anywhere you can get podcasts, I mean, it's really, literally a graveyard of place of podcasts that were launched for six months, maybe a year, and they fell off for whatever reasons. I mean, there's individual you know, reasons behind that, but it's obviously speaks to the idea that, I feel that, yeah, I mean, it, it does take a, a commitment and can be challenging, especially over a period of time. So, yeah, kudos to you to, to keeping it going. And, and uh, of course, that's where the public really should – any of the fans can, can step in and assist via contributing. Thanks. You know, I can't do it
1: without you guys, you know. Um, or I suppose technically you could, but why would I, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just, it's just great. It's just, uh, you know, it's been great to, to, to be with you guys for sure.
2: And, you know, I was thinking about the past year and just looking at our guests and things, and it is interesting, you know, uh, even being involved in this. I mean, having conversations with people that I might not have, you know, at a deeper level uh, and and just interesting different perspectives on on their path to getting to where they're at. You know, some people like uh, Jason Godwise, um, you know, or actually my my friend uh, Octavio, um, when they approached grappling, it just took to them naturally. You know, like th- even if they didn't have good training, they just kind of threw themselves into it and were successful. I think Octavio said he didn't know he wasn't supposed to be beating these guys. You know, he'd go up against guys who were, who were better rated than him. And he would surprise them. You know, he was the underdog and he just took to it naturally. You know, and then we had people like Blaine who said, you know, um, you know uh, it wasn't in his family. No one grappled before. It's just that someone had, you know, stuffed him, you know, in, in a friend's basement at one point, you know, messing around. And he's like, I'm going to be better at this and he spent the first couple years just losing you know just getting pinned getting losing and his parents were like you might want to think of something else you know that that was the message of like have you considered painting you know or whatever it was that they came to him but it was just like you know but no he just kept at it you know and eventually the the corner turned so it is interesting to see you know at least for me coming at it kind of you know uh I'm definitely the guy who should probably be thinking about painting it's always a hard it's always work for me so it's encouraging to hear you know when i when i meet with all these people who are so talented and so dedicated um uh you know it's interesting to hear that it's not it doesn't always just come natural to everybody you know and you get that perspective talking to different people and getting getting them to open up in kind of a long format and answer these questions um yeah and so, like I said some people like josh bassini i was thinking you know, his dad was, a. some people like have it in their family lineage, you know, like you said, he was just wrestling as a kid on the mat, that was playtime, so there was never a point in his life where he wasn't grappling in some fashion, you know, and so when you see people who have achieved high levels, you kind of, like my assumption is, oh, they've probably been doing this their whole life, but that's not always true, you know, um, so it, it is kind of cool to have these collections of different uh, people's tales and how, how they got to where they're at.
1: Hard work, though. That's what every one of those guys, you know, everybody has in common. I think a lot is made of this natural talent thing, and I'm not a firm believer in that. I, I, I think every person who really was ever great really put in a lot of hard work. You know, um, it, there's just no shortcuts. You know, maybe, I don't know, somebody could probably prove me wrong and say, oh, here's a guy who never had a lesson in his life. But, you know, you, who knows? I just think it's hard work. The right work, though, you got to put in the right training and lots of it, and you'll you'll you know you'll you'll succeed.
2: And definitely, I mean, one of the common threads is passion with all those guys, regardless of what their background is or whatever it is. They you know they they clung to it, you know, whether it was kind of gifted given to them through their family line or something they completely sought out on their own. You know, uh, because you need it. There's no way this this stuff is not easy. You know, Uh, it's maybe the hardest pursuit someone can have you know at least in the physical athletic realm in my opinion so to achieve in it and to to make something of yourself absolutely you know all these guys showed that they had passion uh for it um so and yeah and that leads that drives the hard work
1: yeah well you know i i don't i think boxing was harder um actually for me you know the pain different kind of pain Getting hit um, is a little different than wrestling kind of stuff. I mean, I'm talking about with no submissions, you know, um, just wrestling, wrestling. Uh, there's something about it, getting hit. Really, he really messes with you, man, I'll tell you.
3: <laughs> yeah, Tony, I remember you always telling me that going back years that you were, you had excuse a... Excuse me, gentlemen. Is...
1: I, excuse me, excuse me. Go
3: ahead. I was just re- recapping. Tony always had that philosophy that uh, when it, there's something about a boxer, a kickboxer getting punched in need and constantly, you know, beat on, I mean, even in a st- smart training method, then there is, um, um, he always had obviously admiration for wrestling, but um, I, I can see where that that comes from. And of course they're both very intense sports. I don't have a, an opinion either way, especially at a high level. Um, but it can be jarring for somebody getting, um, punched even if somebody who's very high level actually i knew a lot of guys actually that wrestled in division one even all-american level that just weren't even interested in doing anything like mma because they just simply didn't want to get hit so that you know that speaks to <laughs> at least <laughs> that initial uh, apprehension to somebody who's you know excelled at these this high level one sport and just wasn't really interested in taking that kind of uh, kind of damage or you know dealing with that arena
2: for sure for sure and i think um kind of using that to segue into technique. I mean, that's why I really appreciate some of the stuff Tony's taught me boxing-wise as far as details on my stance, uh, stressing the head movement, um, basically things that help minimize uh, getting hit. (laughs) Uh, You know, that uh, you can't stress that enough, especially if you're looking at this from a self-defense perspective Uh, because like to your point brian is that there are and if you remember some of especially the older ufc fights there's a lot of wrestlers who would stay so far out you know that they couldn't strike because they were and they they just keep shooting in they'd shoot in and stay really far out and they'd gas themselves you know i think i think back even back to like mark coldman i mean eventually he lost because that was his only approach and he was afraid of staying in that middle ground you know where you can't catch something and uh and it makes sense yeah it sucks getting hit absolutely you know um and and even worse yeah getting neat or getting a leg kicked i mean that's just brutal you know punishment and you have to i mean i think you have to approach it from different dimensions right you have to acclimate yourself to that and and kind of build up some tolerance for it just like like in grappling you have to build up tolerance uh for ripping and things like that You, you you don't want it to be a surprise because you'll you might freeze from the shock of it um uh uh, or like your spiritual. Well, that's you the know. whole point,
3: right? Right. <laughs> a really good rib is meant to like make someone freeze or shock. But yeah, you, you can obviously still, um, I would say, become more, uh, to- you can tolerate a little more if, you, if you're if you training that way. Um, for sure. I
1: don't know how long I can stay on because she's having a very, very, very bad episode upstairs there. So I'll, if I have to cut out again, I, I'm going to have to cut out in, and call 911. Um, I don't know. So okay. I missed some of what you said, but I do remember, I believe it was Townsend Saunders who was an Olympic silver medalist. And I forgot who he was fighting. Famous guy. uh, And he couldn't take him down. You know, I I don't remember him scoring a takedown. Uh, Part of it was because he was shooting from too far away. Because the other guy was, uh, it was like, uh, what's that famous guy? Uh, He punches and my brain is fried because I'm worried about her upstairs. But you guys all know who I'm talking about. Real champion guy and uh, MMA guy. He boxes and, you know, Wrestles too. You know who I'm talking about. I just can't think of it. He's retired now, but um, so he, he, so Townsend was, you know, could have gotten hit and knocked out, and I think that was part of a lot of a lot of his problems. He was shooting him from too far away, um, but yeah, it it punches and you know hard kicks really really change uh, you know your strategy. You have to be more than you can't be single dimensional, you know um. But yeah, it's uh. And in track, when I ran track, that was tough training, too, believe it or not, in a completely different way. You know, uh, throwing up all the time from the conditioning, different kind of conditioning with the sprint, 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 sprint. Of course, they overtrained me, but um, I did not know that at the time. So, yeah, interesting stuff. And, you know, uh, I'd like to get other athletes' perspective on it. You know, uh, well, you know, Blaine, for example, he was pretty high high-level uh, you know, wrestler, and, uh, you know, um, we should, you know, if we have him back on again, we should, we should focus on talking about his conditioning routine back then, you know, not now.
4: Tony, do you like sprints for, for conditioning, for combat sports? Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Explosive, explosive, explosive. Uh, interval, you know, sprint jog, sprint jog, walk if you have to. Uh, yes, nothing, but, you know, you need to know how to sprint properly. Like, I've been working with Martin again. Uh, uh, via Zoom, you know, long distance or whatever you want to call it. Uh, what's, it what's it called now when you do this? Uh,
2: distance learning.
0: Distance,
1: yeah. yeah. And um, uh, uh, so he, you know, he was trying to follow along with boxing routines on the Internet. And naturally, his form is terrible because all they care about is just doing the, doing the, the routine, not learning techniques, learning how to throw the punch right, learning how to move right. So when you're running, if you're going to do sprints, you've got to learn how to sprint. Sprint properly. Um, it'll conserve your body. It'll help conserve your energy. It'll hopefully prevent, you know, injuries because you're doing things wrong. And um, it'll make it more, uh, I think, more enjoyable because you're going to be increasing your speed as well. You, know, you'll, 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 you won't become a Usain Bolt, but, you know, um, do everything with the proper technique. And that's why you need a great coach. You know, you need a coach that's you know solid in this stuff. So, for example, I would never teach Olympic style weightlifting, okay, because that's not my forte. Okay, I was more of a powerlifter or strongman type of uh, guy. Uh, never an Olympic lift. So, if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, I want to start incorporating Olympic lifts," that's great. But okay, let's let's find you somebody that can teach you the principles of it so you're doing it properly. Um, but yeah, sprints are very important. I think more than just running at a slow pace for six or seven miles, although that has its place. But throwing in some sprints, man, is the way to go.
3: So yeah, Tony, is- if I could chime in, on back at Triton, that was a huge thing with the conditioning. Is the Lucky Thirteen that you released on video um, was was a huge, you know, foundation in our training. But we used to intersperse it with with. I think it was 10, I want to say 10 reps, basically 10 laps to the to the mat. So we would sprint and then kind of like jog back and then sprint and it was timed each time. And I remember that you're really working with on us on proper form. So you're you're not landing and slamming your feet in the wrong position. And that what was pretty amazing is despite us going through this, you know, severe conditioning routine over um, you know, a period of usually took about 45 minutes, start to finish, um, even halfway through you know, around the fifth or sixth time we were actually getting faster on, on the sprint. And so this is 10 times in a row. And you think like we weren't slowing down, we were actually getting faster and like building, building speed, despite, you know, uh, having fatigue, which um, to me was always very, very fascinating because you've talked about that with boxers that like well trained boxers that they actually get, they actually, they actually start peaking like mid fight as opposed to like, you know, wearing themselves out, like you see in other types of, um, Fights, so yeah. Just to chime in on that, I, I do recall that being a p- big part of our training back in the day.
2: Is well, that an are, issue? Oh, sorry. I'm.
4: So, I just wondering, what is like some common mistakes that people make, like with their technique with sprinting?
1: Well, they they run flat footed. You know, they'll land on their heels. That's the biggest thing. A sprinter, you want to you want to run on on the balls of your feet. Um, I don't have my track shoes here, but I still have my track shoes. There's only spikes on the top you know, where your toes would be, right? There are no um, spikes anywhere else on the shoe, okay? Uh, you And you and you want to rebound. So you want to be light when you land, okay, when you're running. You don't want to be pounding, you know, like boom, boom, boom. And that's the biggest mistake that people make um, that I've seen. Uh, and that induces shin splints and all sorts of other problems. Take it from me. When I was coached improperly, I ended up developing shin splints. Um, And, you know, that's something you don't want. (laughs) It's very painful. But, um, yeah, that's probably. And then the second thing is they don't use their arms properly because your arms will help propel you, okay? Uh, People's arms are all over the place. They're wild, kind of like a box, not a boxer, not a good boxer. But, you know, like when you fight and you got your elbows flared out and all this crazy space and it's no good same thing happens when you're running you you want to have really good form um and the third biggest thing is uh people don't relax when they run they tense up and you have to be relaxed you gotta and that starts from your breathing and not like clenching fists or being tight you really want to be loose really relaxed and learning how to relax your body um and that that Carries over to fighting too. Obviously, all of it does. You want you don't want to be tense. The tenser you are, the the, the more energy you burn out or burn up. You know, so there's there's a lot of it that, that goes involved. And I'm, by no means is that all. But 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 but, uh, Nico, those are the three things that I look for um, right away with somebody when they're actually running. Um, even if you see even jogging, if you're jogging, it's the same thing. Don't pound. I mean, don't like. Slam down to the ground. You know, try to be light, because uh, you use the earth as as a, as a trampoline. In, a, in essence, you want to you want to propel yourself forward. You don't want to be putting all your energy going to the earth. The earth is supposed to push you forward, lurching you. You know, so you're clawing at it. You know, and you're just you know scooping scooping it, so to speak. You know, you're not burying yourself into it. You're scooping it and like like a swimmer would try to push the water behind him to, or herself to propel. That's what running is all about. You know, propelling yourself forward at a, hopefully at, at a very high rate of speed.
3: T- Tony, what about stride? What, what is your yeah, thoughts on running? that?
1: Your stride length. Yep. Everybody's stride. You want to try to maximize your stride length, especially if you're running any sort of longer distance, um, you know, 100 meters or more, 100, you know, 200 meters or something. Your, your stride length is really important. I used to run in two different ways. I used to take short steps if I was just running short sprints. Uh, I played a lot of softball, so uh, softball was uh, 30 yards, uh, so 90 feet, uh, on the baseball diamond. And of course, the 40-yard dash, same way. But if I was running 100 meters, uh, I would have a longer stride length. and that was something that I never – I should have had a, a coach could have, could have helped me. A really good coach could have, could have helped me with that. Um, I think that's probably where my biggest holdback was, was, was on my stride length. I don't think I ever got it to where I should have. Just near the end of my running track, I learned about bounding, um, which is these humongously exaggerated motions. And I wish I would have learned about that when I first started, because that would have helped elongate my stride and my arms as well. So in essence, you're taking really ridiculous like over overdoing the stride and overdoing your arms. You're moving your arms way over your head and way back. You know, it looks ridiculous when you see it. But it's designed to open you up, you know, relax you and 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 get your your stride as, as long as it possibly can be. I think you could probably find videos of guys doing it on the internet, you know, track stars. Um, but I was exposed to it like right at the end, you know, like a week or so before it was all over for me. So I never really put enough time into it, but it, it really does look like a good, good routine to do.
2: As far as routines, do you like mixing up distances? So, um you know it's i it sound like brian was saying that you guys would do uh 10 sets of like what was it like 100 meters at 10 um 10 reps or whatever but i found and this is i said just me experimenting around i've got a track Fortunately, i've got a, a track that's available to me um so you know if i'm doing purely like explosive work um you know obviously the 100 meter seems like a really good distance for that you know just doing that in repetition But I've also had some success um, working my anaerobic. uh, And I guess it's hard to say where the line between. I know there's a specific definition between aerobic and anaerobic, but uh, doing distances like 400s and 800s. So like for me, like an 800 meter, and I'm just going to ballpark, it takes at least probably three minutes for me to, to make that around. So it's not a true sprint. You know, I'm not, I can't do that at 100%, but it's a sustained hard level. And so that almost has the time duration of like a round of fighting. So uh, kind of to your, I think what your initial point is that um, sometimes your track work was the hardest training you've ever done. For me, doing that 800 meter distance that I found when I'm pushing it, uh, trying to sustain a push, you know, as fast as I can, that 800 meter, uh, it's, the, it's probably the highest my heart level is for that duration. And so um, like I said, it's, it's not going to be as fast as much quick twitch but it does give me that ability to say, okay, for three minutes, this is my max that I can push myself, you know? And so I can be kind of comfortable in that pocket for a round of fighting, let's say.
1: Well, if you have access to a track, the old thing was, you know, you sprint the straightaways and you jog the curves, right? So that's a 400 meter track. So you're, uh, um, but if you're running an 800 meter in three minutes, you need to do some work, you know, um, No offense, but you got to bring that time down even at your age, I would think. Um, You know, the human body can only sprint, I think it's, you know, at top speed, either 250 meters or 300 meters tops. Okay. I don't think there's ever been a human being that is, we haven't been able to sprint full blast at 400 meters yet. I could be wrong because I'm out of touch with the track world, but I don't think I am. Um, There, you know, you just, you, there is some conservation of energy going on. Um, and you, We're just limited by physiology, so don't, don't, don't get too scientific with it to where you're trying to you know, beat the laws of physics. But if the 800-meter thing works for you, it will only work for you for a short period of time because, again, if you're thinking about a three-minute round uh, and you're running the 800 meters in three minutes – I mean you need to improve that time and start knocking it down. So let's say now all of a sudden you're 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 running at eight hundred meters in, I don't know, two and a half minutes. Well, there goes your three minute theory, you know, and that's the point. How much can you put out in a certain length of time? So I wouldn't look at it as the distance so much. I would look at it as that time. How far did I get in three minutes? Today it was eight hundred meters. Next time or next month it's 850 meters or something like that. That that's how I would look at it, and that's what the Lucky Thirteen was originally designed for. To do all of those exercises, but every time, or you know, in theory, you're putting out more. You're doing more sprawls, or you're doing more jumping jacks, or you're doing quicker sprints, uh, or what have you. You know, you're putting out more energy in that same amount of time, which generally was about 55 minutes. You know, if you factor in warm-ups and everything else or, and cool-downs, that's a nice one-hour workout. So, you know, uh, and you guys, well, you weren't there for that, Joe, but Brian and many others, would, we would do that all the time and then then work out afterwards. You know, that was their warm-up, really, when you think about it. Um, so look at it that way, Joe. Take that three-minute round um, and and just see how much output you can get in those three minutes and work on improving that. Uh, I do a variation of that with Martin, and already in just a couple weeks, he's progressed, and his technique, his boxing looks good, um, much better. uh, But, uh, yeah, it's all about output.
0: Well, why do you
3: talk about that, Tony, because you're working with Martin. I I believe you're training. He's training in his basement, so a lot of the same kind of resources people are working with. So what is it that when you say you're doing working with Martin in this capacity, what does that mean?
1: So, for it example, all right, it's all boxing-ish, okay? And he'll, he'll do his sprawls as well. Through, he's got a heavy bag, but it's not a suspended heavy bag. It's one of those heavy bags that have a base, and, it, you know, he stands up there. So, you know, so we do rounds. He does a warm-up, and then we do rounds, okay? And I started him at three minutes and then four minutes, and then his last workout was six-minute rounds, okay? Here's the thing, because Martin's at a different stage of life and a different – stage of conditioning uh his last workout was six six minute rounds one minute rest in between but while he's resting he's still moving he might be standing in place but he's moving he's not sitting down Um, so the six six minute rounds uh, that's your 36 minutes that's equivalent almost you know time-wise to 12 three minute rounds in boxing uh since he's not actually he's by himself the heavy bag's not hitting him back you're never going to get an exact simulation of what it's like to, you know, be in a, be in a sparring situation. But I tell him exactly what to do. I call out everything. So I don't, like, the warm-up, he's on his own. He's just shadow boxing. But after the warm-up, I tell him, jab, jab, cross, jab, cross, hook, jab, cross, hook, overhand, sprawl, whatever, you know. So he's reacting. His brain has that stimulus, okay? He's not just doing it at random and letting his mind wander. He's reacting to my commands, much as he would be if he had a sparring partner there. And now there's the opening to throw the jab, you know, then he would react to that. Well, since he doesn't have a sparring partner, I in essence become his, um, Oh, what's the word, you know, his fake, what do you call that? Uh, when it doesn't actually exist, uh, quasi now- friend in Canada is
3: what it is called. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm his cyber uh, sparring partner I can't think of the word my brain shot today but um so it's simulated that way but he's still responding to commands okay and then again I throw in the sprawls because for those people who haven't done sprawls that that'll that'll work you up quick you know because you're dropping down and getting back up dropping down and getting back up the whole time too I'm watching his form making sure his hands stay up his head he's moving his head um, these are things that you cannot do if you're just following along on somebody's video uh, or you're doing it on your own because you're not going to see yourself. You're not sometimes even so you're not even aware. So a lot of times I'll tell, uh, uh, Martin, I'll say, watch your hands. Okay. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Yep. You pointed it out to me, you know, so you want to, you know, so, so my point is now he did six, six minute rounds. Uh, our next workout this coming week will be different again. Okay. Because I'm assuming he's training during the week as well, obviously. Uh, but we, it, it, it's, I never want his body to get so uh, comfortable with this. I want to mix things up. But I do it based on watching his movements. If he's starting to collapse, I'm exaggerating, but, you know, if, he, if, his, if he's falling apart completely, then I know, okay, we've pushed it a little too far. We've got to back it up, okay? So far we haven't had to do that. His, his body is adapting to these uh, constant challenges, uh, which is really a good thing. But he was he was in great shape with the Lucky 13. Th- a lot of this is memory, you know, muscle memory, conditional memory. It's coming back, so that's a good thing.
4: So are you guys using Skype or Zoom or what? Yeah, Zoom. Okay. And does he, does he use his phone or, or his laptop? He just sets it up somewhere where you he, can see him good? His
1: laptop. He has his laptop. Well, okay, so like the first time we did it, it was kind of experimental because, you know, we had to get all the angles right and, and this and that. So then what I'll do is I'll move back here, you know, and I'll show him what I want him to do. And then if, if need be, you know, uh, and then he goes back to his, uh, like this coming week, I don't like his overhand right. Okay, it's no good. So before we even start the conditioning, I'm going to teach him the proper way of doing the overhand right. We've got to work on that. Before he starts his conditioning phase, all right, doesn't Doesn't help to get to stop everything while you're doing your conditioning and, and then you know have them cool down in essence. So this is not to make him a champion boxer. He, that's not his point. He just wants to get him in in great shape again. So let's do it and kill two birds with one stone. Let's do it and learn how to box at the same time. Do it the right way, not like you know uh, uh, aerobic boxing or whatever they call it. You know cardio boxing. Where it's just terrible form, why bother? Do it the right way um, and, and then you'll have lasting benefits that's my th- that's my theory on it
4: yeah I'm always a believer in learning a new skill like to me it's not I, I wouldn't want to want to just work out just for the sake of fitness or or um, aesthetics you know to me it's like I want to learn a new skill I want to learn how to get stronger I want to learn you know how to how to get my wind better, how to get faster, how to, how to get more athletic, and learn techniques. To me, the learning is the most fun part. And the, the fitness is just a byproduct of that.
1: Yeah, it, yeah and I agree. And w- if you don't do things right, like I remember when the cardio boxing or k- cardio kickboxing came out, you know, man, the form was so horrible. I used to advise people, don't, don't do these kind of classes. You're going to get hurt. Um, you're going to get injured, it will save you energy. It will save you time by doing everything properly. You know, Uh, it's just, it's in, I'm like you, Nico, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. You know, even like, I I can tell if somebody has been trained properly, even when they're just goofing around. Okay. Like if they just put their, I say, just put your hands up and they put their hands up in like a goofy way. I realize no matter how fit they are, no matter how strong they are, and they, we don't know the reason behind their strength. It could be artificial, but I know, okay, this person wasn't trained elitely. Um, no big deal if they don't care, but to me, I care. You know, I want everybody to do things like you want it to be done. You know, learn it the right way, and, and, you know, it makes it not only m- more enjoyable, but it makes it more efficient as well.
2: Well, in the case with boxing, too, I mean, your life could be on the line with it, too. I mean, it has a real-world consequence. There's some skills that, you know, I don't cross-country skiing or, or like, actually, when you're talking about guys who look fit but uh, then failed to perform, I was thinking of, I did a rock climbing class uh, many years ago. I loved it. I enjoyed it. But but the, the instructor had the story, um, you know, this is, I think it's in Wisconsin, it's called Devil's Lake or something like that i can't remember but it's a place where a lot of rock climbers go and there's this one section of rock where they were setting up the climb and when he was setting up these these two younger guys who were really ripped you know really buff came up and he looked he's like oh these guys are going to fly up this mountain and they couldn't they got stuck you know they couldn't make the climb they struggled at it they struggled at it they kept fighting at it and they they couldn't get to it and then he saw some older climbers guys who had experience and skill just shoot right up you know and uh you know it's a it's a to me it's a i've seen that all over and over again i i remember uh i had a high school uh classmate who was super fit i mean he actually was like a fitness model at some points uh just a bodybuilder looked great but he assumed because he had these amazing biceps that he could do everything better than the rest of us and uh you know i was on the swim team in high school and one time we were at lake michigan and uh, what there's a section there's a lot of sections called the rocks where you can swim off and there's buoys out there to tell you like don't go any further so we're like, oh, I'll race you to the, uh, um, uh, to the buoy, you know, and come back. Well, that was a big mistake on a couple of levels. A, he just made it. I remember racing him out there. I touched the buoy. I turn around. I, I get about halfway back and I realize I don't know where this guy's at anymore. So I, I kind of stop and start tread watering. And I look and he's hanging, he's clinging onto the buoy because he's gassed himself out, you know, <laughs> cause he had no technique. And that's, you know, a lot of people. Uh, so like in every environment, whether it's climbing, swimming, fighting, um, yeah, you're, you quite often you're working, uh, against yourself without proper technique. So the fitness alone will not do it. Um, uh, and, and then like cases where you're, where you're swimming somewhere, or if you're in a fight, it could cost you your life.
1: Well, that's, yeah, that's true. You know, and, 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 and again, let's make this one thing perfectly clear. You know, uh, you find you have to find a balance and everybody is different in their life. I mean, some guys just don't, or gals even don't really want to learn to fight. And that's fine. Uh, they, they just want to be in shape. But for those that want to learn to fight, you, part of fighting, you, you have to be in shape. It won't really. I think, I guys, I think I told you the story about the producer or the director of uh, the movie Hard Times with Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson looked great. But the guy said we had to film him in 45-second stretches. That was it because his conditioning was so poor because he was a lifelong smoker, okay? So he didn't have the gas, all right? Even though he looked good, you know, he was chiseled and cut and all of that, and he, you know, I don't remember the movie too well now, but I think he had boxing training at point in his younger days in his life. But, yeah, he didn't have the conditioning to go. So uh, if you do want to fight, you you do have to have that conditioning. Um, But... Again, it's a balancing act. You know, like Joe just mentioned, you can be kind of fit, but yet fail at your endeavor. So it's a balancing act. You have to have both. Yeah, uh, you just do. That's how I. That's how I. I was always taught, and that, I think time has proven that.
3: Yeah, people will fool you with uh, what you think is this stud, and then it turns out they just they fall apart when when they need to apply themselves. I mean, even Tony, you and I worked out couple of years ago to Planet Fitness and if you recall there was that uh heavier set heavier set guy who was just uh so supple I mean he, he put his leg like a ballerina over his head hanging on like on the basically the power rack do you remember what I'm talking about black guy like you just you look at the guy you would think the guy's not hasn't done any workout in his life and obviously he's committed himself to this um stretching you know going back and he was middle-aged so I wouldn't have thought that just by looking at him that he was basically, you know, as flexible flexible as probably a Wushu, you know, master. But people surprise you. So don't ever underestimate your opponent. I guess that's the other uh, lesson to take away.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've always said that. Everybody I go would go up against or see or something, I I always assume they're the toughest man that ever lived. That's just the way it has to be. You know, uh, you take somebody for granted and you start making mistakes. I mean, you can get lucky. I mean, we all would like to have that. We all want to have, if, if there is such a thing as luck, we want it on our side, good luck, and bad luck on their side. But, yeah, no, you never—you can't underestimate. My grandfather was a, was a handful even in his older days, sick and all of that, because he, he knew how to fight, he knew how to box. So, you know, to look at him, you'd have thought, ah, he's just an old man, you know, but, you know, wrong. Uh, well, no, he was an old man, but he wasn't just an old man. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just always wanted to have... Um, you know, a combination of certain kind of fitness. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to be able to fight and hold, hold my own against anybody. Um, but I never was like Joe's fitness model friend, you know. Um, I never cared about bodybuilding. You know, uh, I still think that's a very difficult sport. It really is. They work out hard. They, they diet. They do their thing. And, you know, that's something I could never do. I don't want to live my life. Like that, where I'm a slave to my body, you know, counting calories all the time and shit. So uh, I want to be able to eat what I want and do that, but uh, I still want to have some strength. Look at you guys. When we filmed that video a couple weeks ago for uh, BJJ Fanatics, you guys were all looking good, man. And we were the oldest ones in the group, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty old.
3: Martin is even older. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. Well, I mean, Bruce is looking phenomenal. Order, think, but... Yeah, Bruce is looking great, so I agree. Oh yeah.
1: No, that's uh I'm getting uh text here from the uh caretaker. Uh I I'm letting her know about this episode here. Um yeah, it's just uh very difficult uh to uh to tell some people because they wanna take I mean, look, everybody's entitled to do whatever they want to do with their own body and their own life. My thing is, especially now as I'm older. Um, whatever you do, you want it to be long, as long-lasting as possible. Therefore, I could have been even stronger and even faster if I did performance-enhancing drugs. My peak would have been much more than what it was, but I am absolutely satisfied with what, I, what my lifts were, what my speed was, being a drug-free athlete. So that's, that's all that matters to me now, okay? I don't have to look back and say to myself, well, I wonder what I would have done if I was clean. Now I can sit there and say, well, I wonder what I would have done if I was dirty. And you can pretty much do the math and figure that out.
0: Um, Well, there's
3: studies, Tony. I mean, there's how many professional, you know, uh, bodybuilders that, that have literally been hospitalized with all these hosts of issues and physically are, you know, I mean, go on YouTube. You can, you can scroll through dozens of them, you know, guys that were world-class in that particular endeavor or pro wrestlers or, you know, which they take their own trauma and damage from other reasons, but um, and yeah, stuff takes its toll doing those, those types of chemicals.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And, and uh, as again, if that's what somebody wants to do, that's their life. Okay. But for me, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want that. So even now I've, I've learned because of my situation with my mother and everything and how not only, you know it affects me so much mentally it drains drains you um, I can't get in a routine to get to the gym and put in the kind of lifts or workouts that I want so i've I've learned instead of beating myself up about it, I just have to accept the place that i'm at right now, you know physically and and not add to any of my mental anguish uh when things finally clear up around here, then I'll be able to embark on another you know, phase of my life where I can dedicate six months to, to strength training, you know, and in those six months, I'll be able to, uh, you know, roughly six months, I'll be able to get my strength up to levels that I think will be, uh, you know, remarkable for me at this point in my life, and that's all that matters, but that's got to wait. I can't do it right now.
2: you know you kind of mentioned about getting balance right in your training kind of in other aspects and longevity and i kind of wanted to bring that in too cuz one of the things i struggle with um is you know pushing your you want to push yourself as much as you can but there's also that limit of am i going to be damaging myself long term and i think especially when you're in combat sports or if you're you're i mean basically we're training in in a, you know we have an endeavor here where the, the whole point of it is to give each other athletic injuries. You know, I mean, obviously you don't want to, but that's the skill. I mean, you're, you're trying to cooperatively do it, but you're, you're dancing a very fine line, you know, of how do I be a good training partner, but ultimately the skills we're practicing, you know, are things that could uh, in any other circumstance, you know, be, be really bad. And so that's one of the things I struggle with. Like, you know uh, when I've been to Jason's gym a few times grappling, cause I use geese, my fingers are torn up you know, and I start to think, um, you know, at my age, do I start thinking about, like, what's the cue? I've seen some of them, they can't even close a fist, you know, guys who are dedicated to jujitsu and have been doing it for a lot of times, their hands are so tore up, you know, they're always taping their fingers and taping things up, and it's like, gosh, I mean, if you lose the use of your fingers, or like, let's say you need to hit somebody and close a fist, um, but, you know, there's fine motor skills that you might have, hobbies outside of it, and so, I guess my thing is the other thing is struggling or even like weightlifting, you know, you can push yourself with lifting to the point where you're doing damage that uh, you may not come back from, you know, just cumulative little micro damages over the course of your career. And so uh, finding a balance with that and longevity too, because yeah, I know a lot of people who's like hit really great heights, but then they're a wreck for the last few decades of their life, you know, hobbling around. And that's, that's a tough place to be as well.
1: Yeah, I mean I've had I have injuries that uh you know we I, I don't know of any athlete that took it to the highest levels that that you know, in, in any hard sport that, you know, didn't doesn't have uh, you know, some sort of injury. I, I just I don't know. Uh the the key is how long can you delay the onset of, of these injuries, you know, uh some Get snuffed out in the prime of their life because of, of their injuries. Uh, it's, it's just a decision that everyone has to make. Uh, thankfully, you have options in your life, all right? Uh, you don't have to train to be an NFL player or a world champion boxer or MMA guy or a wrestler, uh, this and that. Um, you can just be a hobbyist, which, which, which fits for some people. I mean, you go to the health clubs, Go to the gyms. Um, you're not going to find a bunch of prospering uh, uh, or uh, promising uh, Mr. Americas in these gyms that I go to. You know, they're just people every day that are just trying to look a little better or feel a little better. Nobody's putting a gun to their head saying you got to train for the next Mr. Olympia. No. I think some of the problem in in martial arts schools is that they push that on them. You know, you got to compete. You got to compete. You got to compete. And I know this for a fact because I, through the years, have gotten many emails from people, you know, throughout the country and actually throughout the world. They're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to compete. You know, I'm just looking to work out, you know, and I feel pressured to compete in something that my heart's not in it. Uh, that's not good. You know, and listen, you can go to boxing gyms, even in Chicago, and not compete, okay? They, the executive boxing or whatever label they want to put on it. You're not, you know, you're not compelled to compete. People go there just to get a workout in, and, and boxing is still a great workout. We're hitting the heavy bag, moving around, jumping ropes, shadow boxing, all of that. Um, so, again, too, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with competing. We've we've trained, you know, competitors, champions, but you got to let the person be free, you know, to make that decision if they want to do it. Well.
0: I'll chime in on a question because I'm not going to, I can't stay the whole podcast, but
3: I think it brings up a good point of, you know, it's the new year's now people are looking at the resolutions and, you know, one thing I'm hearing today is you always have to understand and accept like what your resources are, what your possible limitations are, what your parameters, um, you know, cause everybody loves to shoot for the moon, right. Especially new year's resolutions. And, uh, maybe it's important to understand, you know, what, what is it, what is, realistic you know what what you can scale to
1: yeah dose of reality exactly um yeah I, and i think that's why you have to have the correct guidance you have to have a coach or a teacher or wh- whatever the label is um that will be honest and upfront. But but you, you also have to know that they may not know you that well so don't don't let them also limit you Uh, To to a sense where they're holding you back. My thing is, I would never promise anybody to be the best in the world necessarily, but I would say if you train with me, I'll make you the best you can possibly be. Okay, and that may be enough to be the best in the world, or may not. You know, but if I can get you or anybody else to be the best that they can possibly be, uh, my job, I feel, as a coach and as a friend, uh, is complete that's that's all i can do is bring out the best in in people or at least try but there are coaches who do i've seen it or teachers even that um just blatantly lie you know we all we've all seen it okay they'll promise you all this you know pie in the sky stuff that's just not feasible and people they're not necessarily gullible they they're they live they're desperate they need that answer. They need that confirmation of what's, what's in their mind. So, for example, I'll, I'll just make something off the top of my head. You're, you're, you're 300 pounds. You want to get down to 150 pounds. That can be done. It's been done many, 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 many times. But it's not done in two months, okay? It's not done in three months. So sometimes they'll, people will promise you things. They'll promise to deliver things that just aren't possible. And then you lose you lose the motivation, or you may actually get hurt in the process—not just psychologically, but physically—shooting uh, for the impossible dream. Whereas, if they would have just said, "Look, you can have that happen, but it's going to take, you know, a longer time than you think," um, I get that with with the Tri-C program. How long will it take me? You know, everybody's different, man. I I don't want to lie and say, "Oh yeah, in, in in a month you'll be the greatest." That's bullshit. You know, it takes a long time. You got to work hard. So I think. I think there's a combination of finding an honest coach or an instructor, whatever you want to call him, uh, but in order for him to be honest or her to be honest, they have to get to know you, uh, and, and, and know your mind, know your heart, and then you have to make it you have to make it work. and you have to build that relationship with your coach um, to where you two are on the same level mentally, and, and, and he or she's in your corner. That's what I think.
3: That's great. I got to head out, guys. I'm going to listen to it on the other side, though. So Happy New great. Year, buddy. Happy New Year to all you.
2: Yeah, thanks for joining.
3: Absolutely. Great one. Bye. Have a good one.
1: Well, Brian is another one. When he first started, when I first met him, Brian was built like a stick. He was real thin, real, real skinny. And, in, you know, uh, he built himself where he was never like a giant man, but he was Very well muscled, you know, quick, athletic. And he became a hell of a grappler there. Um, Yeah. Again, you just want to make it the best that you can be. And sometimes life gets in the way. And in the scheme of after you're, like, old and done on your deathbed, we'll never really know if any of us actually did make it, you know, reach our, our limits. Who knows? Maybe if we took a different approach or we had somebody else's input. But if you set, at least I'll speak for myself, if I set goals, concrete goals, I want to lift X amount, I want to be able to beat all these guys in a certain amount of time. If I set those goals, which I did in my life, and i met all those goals, i met every goal and I exceeded them. So could I have been better? Yeah. But I made my goals in my life. So I'm happy about that aspect of it. Now, the bigger question, was it worth it? I can't tell you that yet. I still have hopefully another, you know, few decades to live. Was it worth it financially? No. It's been a disaster financially, but was it worth it in other ways? Yeah, I can't answer that right now. Yes and no. We'll see. And ask me in 20 years. We'll, we'll still be doing the podcast.
2: We may still be doing this episode. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be a
1: hologram by then, right?
2: Yeah, you'll be a cyborg. Or just like a head in a jar that we'll have that we'll just bring up to the mic.
1: Well, the thing is, you know, you have to understand, why do I do things? You know, this is not just about me. Just I'm, I'm asking everybody out there. Why do you do things? What do you want out of those things? Do you want adulation? Do you want health do you want financial do you want stability of some sort what what is your motivation behind all of that um and then realize that whatever it is that you're doing should be sustainable otherwise it'll just be a flash in the pan so like Usain Bolt I mentioned him earlier fastest man of all time 9.58 I believe 100 meters or 9.56 uh he'll never ever do that again okay he did it though and it'll be a record for a long time, more than likely, but he'll he'll never do it again, right? And you know that going in. As an athlete, you know that you're only going to have your skills at a peak for a certain time. Some people don't know that, believe it or not. Some people don't have the athletic mindset, and they want to enter into a world of athleticism thinking that they're going to continue you know, to increase the rest of their life, or da 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 da. They don't. They don't get. They don't get it that you know. There's windows here. But when it comes to knowledge, if that's what you want to do, become a coach. Uh, let's say you can continue to get better. You can continue to gain knowledge, gain insight uh, into human beings and people, and and improve your athletic ability. Uh, I mean, uh, not your athletic ability, your coaching ability. Um, so that's something, too, to, to look at. What is your goal? What is it? Like like losing weight So it should be a lifestyle change. And, yes, you should be able to maintain a, a body weight within 10, 15 pounds uh, for the rest of your life. That's something that you can do. So, you, you, so but I guess what I'm getting at is most of the people who are making New Year's resolutions know what they are, know if they're sustainable. And even if and if they aren't, that's fine. But know that if it's not sustainable, I gotta I gotta train properly. I gotta put all my effort into this to make it happen while it can happen before time runs out. That's I guess what I'm
4: getting at. It seems like that's with most things in life. There's a there's a window when you have the the ability to do it, and when that window runs out, you know you got to change your plans. You you know, I
1: think so, but. To me, in my life, you know, outside of the athletics, I already, I always knew that there was a window, but in other things in life, I never, I never really, it never dawned on me that there was that window, you know. And until as I started to get older, then I started realizing, wow, certain things that I wanted, I can, I can't have them now. Okay, it's too late, and you can't turn back the hands of time. Um. So I learned that the hard way. So now my future is is in suspended animation right now because of my mother. I don't know where tomorrow, what tomorrow is going to bring, so I try not to think about it, all right, because it's completely out of my hands. Having a caretaker is out of my hands. I don't know if the caretaker will show up tomorrow. Uh, I don't know when I can get her in a nursing home. Okay, I can't just – it's not like going to a Walmart and – dropping her off okay oh so much is out of my hands and then that's just then i have to worry about my life what's going to happen next what's the next stage i don't know joe and you know that i've been making plans but they're all on hold i can't do anything and my plans involve other people i need help can't do it on my own so yeah we don't know you never know but I, I have learned from this, from this experience, with my mother, and I don't ever want any other human being to ever have to go through this, you know, because of the isolation, because of being the sole caretaker here, me, not having any aid, any help, um, you know, family-wise or anything, because there is no family. It's tough. It's a tough situation. So I was just mentioning to my friend Scott today, um, you, you guys met Scott uh I don't I know as of th- now, I could never enter into a relationship with a woman again that if she had this same situation like my mother, I couldn't go through this again I don't, I, it, i't this has damaged me irreparably, and I will never want to put myself through that again, okay ever so therefore I don't, I won't have anybody on my end to help me with a woman, let's say, so I 'd have to make sure that a woman would have someone there also to help, meaning family, children or something, that could also step in so it's not on me exclusively, okay? Uh, And conversely, since I don't have anybody on my end to take care of me, I would never put a woman in the position that I'm in right now. I would never want a woman to be completely 24-hour caregiver for me. I would never allow that to happen, ever, ever. So, you know, these are things that I've, I've taken away from this whole scenario, that I will never put myself in this position, and I'll never want to put anyone else in, in a position as well. So I have to make plans for the future based on that criteria. This is something that I never thought I'd ever have to do, even 10, 15, 20 years ago. Who thought this? You know, who thinks like that? But it's a fact of life.
2: Yeah. And I think when you're younger too, you don't, you know, and this is in a lot of ways, yeah, you you kind of feel a little bit more, maybe not completely invulnerable, but a lot more self-reliant. And, uh, but you realize at some point in your life, you're going to need your family around you and having those connections, whether it's friends, family, community, um, you're better off with that. You know, I mean, we all need that at some point, you know Uh, so keeping that kind of in the, in, in, having being conscious of that need, I think is important. And we, maybe you don't realize it when you're younger, necessarily. You know, I think of how many friendships I kind of just let go on, on the fly, you know, because I, you know, I had a lot of people around me. Um, but talking about windows of opportunities, I mean, as you get older, and depending what kind of job you work, you don't meet as many people. So all of a sudden, those, you know, when I was younger, I was, whether it was in school, or the type of job I had, I was meeting people all the time, and there was a lot of turnover. So you know, someone would get another job or move away and I would just kind of not be deliberate about staying in touch with them. And because my brain wasn't thinking, oh, my life scenario is going to change where I'm not going to have as many people around me, you know, uh, you, and so things that you don't realize the value of certain things, you know, and sometimes until it's too late and something like that is, is something where, uh, it's something I always have to work on as far as, you know, relationships, whether they're family or friends, uh, that's just one of those things like that um absolutely you know I mean, I'll, 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 on the converse side I feel like there's always a counterpoint there's no like one answer for anything because you know there are certain windows that I remember when I was younger training I, you know I started training grappling probably gosh it was probably in my 20s and I remember thinking there were people it's like well you basically you can only train in your 20s when you're a lot of the fighters at the time, this is like the first generation of MMA fighters and wrestlers. There were no fighters in their 30s at that time. You know, if there were, or they were, they're, they're about to end their career. Um, it's almost like rock stars. Like they, like the first generation of rock stars, they were never thought the Rolling Stones were going to continue to play into their 70s, you know? And, and not that people are competing at a high level. I mean, there's no one who's going to be winning a championship, you know, in their 40s. But now, I mean, there are people who are, in their fifties getting their black belt, you know, cause they stuck with it. You know, they took, you know, I remember again in my twenties, in, in my someone told me, Oh, you know, it's going to take you like, you know, take takes some of these fighters 10 years to get And I'm like 10 years. That seemed like an eternity when I was 20, 10 years. I mean, literally that's 50% of my lifespan at that point. It's like, no way would I com- commit anything to 10 years, you know, to do, you know, unless you're going to become a medical doctor or something. And now looking back, and I was like, holy cow, I mean, I've done that many times over, you know, just living my life. Uh, so I, I guess I'm kind of making a confused point is a that, um, you know, don't necessarily limit yourself like, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever achieve what my full potential as a, a grappler or a martial artist, but it doesn't mean a, you know, a lot of people like a lot of my other friends outside of this world that we live in would never think to do this would never think to get on the mat or train they just i'm too old i'm middle age they 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 put these artificial limits on themselves now physically they probably are more limited than i am because they haven't trained their whole life but it's just like you may not be able to be great at something doesn't mean you know don't limit yourself don't put artificial or societal limits on yourself there's so many things that uh you know you know, you think when you're you're middle-aged, you just got to start, you know, putting on a smoking jacket and drinking scotch and worrying about your stock exchange or whatever. But it's not true. You can be doing a lot of things that we associate with youth. Um, Again, maybe not as great, but just because you're middle-aged doesn't mean this isn't something you can't start, that you can't get better than when you were. I mean, I'll make this observation about myself as though, even though I'm not, um, I don't think I'm as fit as I was when I was younger. I definitely think like I could kick my 20 year old's ass, like, like if I met myself and it's some kind of like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure thing. And I got into it with my younger self because of the things I know now, you know, you've trained me to be a better, smarter grappler. You know, there's aspects to the, my striking and things that are much better. I know now than when I was younger. So I might've had better conditioning and maybe I'd outlast myself, but I think I've gotten better in other aspects. Kind of to your point about knowledge that you know I, I can compensate in other areas um so that's just one thing as far as that goes as far as certain windows close but don't don't make assumptions about what you can and can't do try some things out and the other i, I was gonna make the other point about windows too and this kind of dovetails into the whole try see thing and another kind of i guess i'm kind of making like a regret list of things i didn't do is that you know um not training with the people when I was younger that I had an opportunity to do, you know, your coaches aren't always going to be there, you know, um, and I think maybe the listeners of this podcast are maybe starting to get into it, but like, you know, when I, I think I, I can't remember how old I was, probably I was pushing 30s when I met you, I don't remember now, I have to do the math, but, you know, like, somewhere in my brain, I was like, well, I can always get back to train with it. I can always get back to train with him, it's, I, you know, it's like, I didn't understand that, no, every coach out there has, has got a shelf life, you know, whether they move away or whether they get injured or get hit by a train, you don't know what's going to happen. Nothing is guaranteed. So in some ways, you know, if you're, and I guess this is my message to people, like you said, the people who sent emails and said, oh, well, you know, I wish you weren't shutting down the Tri-C because eventually I'd like to do it. It's like, why are you waiting? You know, (laughs) this is it. You know, like there's no guarantee that Tri-C or not, Coach Tony is still going to be coaching a year from now. We don't know. You know, so if you're interested in stuff, even if you're concerned about your fitness or whatever, you can still learn some things. You can start. You know, this is a perfect time. This is the beginning of the year. You know, it might not be. You might not have done the perfect prep work to get in this, but things can adjust. You know, oh, actually, I was going to tell you. I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I didn't tell you guys, but uh, uh, I'm starting EMT school tomorrow. So that happened. Oh. Yeah, like I was supposed to do it in June, but an opportunity came up. They said someone dropped out of class, and they're like, "Do you want to start Monday?" Now, I've, I've got a there's some vaccine requirements, so I'm, I may still not be in, but it looks like I'm starting Monday. So as far as I know, like I said, as it was, I was six months. So I'll go from January through June um, till the middle of June. But I'd rather do that than be in school during the summer so that I basically had to make an on the fly decision. An email came to me and it said, um, you know, send us a reply by 2 p.m. We're closing down for the holiday. Let us know if you want to end Monday. And so I just said, I just pulled the trigger. And I was not, and I, like I said, I just was not mentally ready to be starting school, you know, uh, f- and I guess my point being is that, like, don't wait, you know, you, you're not guaranteed, you know, to get that spot. You're not guaranteed that your coach or whatever resource you want is going to be here, you know, and there's so many aspects of your life like that. So I guess I just want to encourage people to, you know, whatever your age is or whatever you think that window is, I guess you can extend some windows more than you think and other windows might be there shorter than you want. So, you know, don't make assumptions about those windows. I guess this is me trying to summarize all my rambling observations here.
1: No, I think you'll do fine, but yes, you're right. Uh, And it's a double-edged sword. So let's say you wanna study American history. Well, I'm sure that there'll be schools that you could enroll in perhaps so eventually you'll be able to study American history. But if you wanted to study with a particular professor, that may not be an option. Or something could happen in your life, you know, that prevents you from now studying the American history that you wanted. So, yeah, I think you need to, I think that's the, and I guess every year people with the New Year's resolution, many times they say they, they'll start off, you know, they'll, they'll join the gym, this and that, but then they don't, they don't stick with it. Um, but you have those that do. You know, so you have to look at those people and you know really give them, you know, an attaboy saying, "Go I'm glad you stuck with it. Let's let's keep it going." Um Yeah, for me, like I said, I mine, you know, I have we all have regrets. Anybody who will sit there and say, "Nope, I have no regrets." Um that's, I just I got to call him a liar on that one because, you know, we all have done things we shouldn't have done or could have went in a different direction. Everybody. Um but it doesn't mean that you wouldn't do your life the same way again. It, it's okay to accept some regret, okay? Because, um, you, you know, there's certain things that you can probably fix. There's others that you just, you know, can't because it's age-related, let's say. But um, if there's things that you want to do, you know, do them. Just quit talking about it and do it. Uh, and I guess that's part of the frustration with me, regarding the Tri-C or just people that want to train or claim they want to train, and then they don't, you know. And how many times do you have to answer the same question to the same person, perhaps? You know, uh, you're not going to train. We already know this now, okay, because if you did, if you wanted to, you'd have done it already. So you just have to kind of almost, it's kind of cold-hearted, but you got to move on from people like that because all it will do is frustrate you. Now, especially with something like the Tri-C, where it's a limited, you know, limited thing. It's not like I want to buy one of your downloads. You know, my downloads are always going to be there. With the Tri-C, when you say, all right, I'm going to join, you're now taking that opportunity from somebody else, okay, who, who may be sincere, and I have to tell the other person, I'm sorry, but Joe Blow said he's going to sign up in three days. And he's, that's the last spot I got because I don't have enough time to take more students. So now Joe Blow blows me off, and, you know, now do I go back to the other guy and say, hey, okay, now the opportunity's there. Maybe the other guy feels, well, too bad now. You know, okay. But shit like that's happened, you know, where I've been strung along. And uh, you get just tired of it. I'm not going to do that anymore, especially now in this day and age when more than ever worldwide um, remote learning is the, uh, is the thing. Remote learning is happening. Remote meetings, remote, remote, remote is universally accepted, you know, in not just this, but in the business world as well. So there is no more excuses. So, I'm done. You know, one more month, that's it. The end of the month, June, January 31st, uh, come February 1st, you won't be able to add it to your shopping cart. So, um, But yeah, even even now in life with me, I I I, I wax nostalgic a little bit. I look back and think. So many of my coaches or teachers, music or what have you, they're dead. They're gone. Everybody's gone, Uh, and you know, my mom will pass away too, and unless I go first. Um, So many of my friends have passed away. You know that, Joe. more so than even Nico, you've met some of my friends that are no longer here. Uh, many of my guys have met my friends that are that are gone, and especially around the holidays, it's a really Christmas holiday. It's really tough because you know Johnny lira died the ninth. My friend Cowboy died uh, three days later, on the twelfth. My dad died on the thirteenth, the very next day. Uh, all within four days. Uh, my dog died two years ago on the December 13th. My grandmother died many years ago, December 29th. Uh, and on and on. So the holidays, I one of my best, 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 best buddies, retired Chicago cop, Jerry Cronin, dies Christmas Day. Christmas Day, 2007. So... You know, the holidays for me, for example, are just not a joyous time. I I hate them. I don't like them because it's full of death for me. Come January, though, it's supposed to be a new beginning, right? Um, With so many of my friends, you know, we kept a running tab since December 9th, just from December 9th, 2012 until now. I've lost 61 people, 61 in 11 years or in uh, nine years. Um, And that's not counting the people who have died before. So, you know, you're right when you say people may not be here. And that's not just about training, but just friends, family. If you have something to say to them, say it. You know, like now, it's pointless for me to say anything to my mother. She's not my mother anymore, she doesn't know me. So, if there was ever anything I needed to say to her or did say to her, sadly, it's forgotten. You don't want to have that happen either. So show people, you know, let them know your feelings if you can. That It's probably my New Year's resolution is just to try to reach out as much as I can to people that are left via email or text or whatever because I really can't go see them yet. What about you, Nico? You have a New Year's resolution?
4: Yeah. I I agree with you, Tony. I think that's a good resolution, man, to reach out to people. I'm, as you guys know, I'm I, uh, I'm reclusive and I don't get out and I'm not in contact with society a lot of times. And that's a problem. I I need to be more in contact with my friends and family and reach out to them more. So I'm kind of on the same page with you with that in this coming new year.
1: My whole problem with me reaching out is like, uh, I almost feel like a panhandler in a way because I can't bring anything joyous. You know, I'm down in the dumps. The situation with her is just never better. It's always worse. So I don't really – I'm not me anymore, okay? I'm not the old Tony, right? I haven't been for years. It's beating me down. So that's kind of like why I don't want to dump on too many people anymore with my problems or my – I want them – I think we talked about this once before about – Gene Kelly, the great dancer who was on The Tonight Show back when Michael Jackson was doing the moon dance, or the moonwalk. And uh, Gene Kelly said, well, that's nothing new. We all did that. That's an that's a, that's a age-old move. And then Johnny said, would you demonstrate it for us? And he's like, no, 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 no. See, Gene Kelly probably could have done it, but Gene wanted everybody to remember how he was, how he used to be, in his prime. Not some 75-year-old or whatever, however old he was when he was on the show doing the move. And that's how I feel right now. I don't reach out to some people because I don't want them to remember me like this. I don't want them to say five years from now, man, man, Tony, I remember when Tony called me or, you know, he was so down, he was so upset, he was so nervous. I don't want them to remember me like that, you know. So uh, that's that's part of the reason why I don't reach out. But I've got to change all that. I have to. What about you, Joe? What's your resolution? You can't get any better looking than you are right now. You know.
2: Right. When you've peaked out like that, that's the problem, you know. So but uh, I mean, honestly, uh, I, I. I've been doing it's funny when you guys put it like that, it's hard to not sound trivial because. Um, as far as being deliberate and going out and being contact and maintaining relationships, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier when I was a kid, I just let stuff go, you know. And so that's been kind of, I think that's a, it's a good reminder. It's not something I deliberately thought about this year, but I'm definitely adding that to my list. I think it's a very, probably the most important reminder I can have, Um, you know, uh, but yeah, no, I've got a lot. Like I said, for me, it's getting through that EMT class, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm quite intimidated. Like I said, I was not ready for it to start up. So if I can make it through that six months, uh, that'll, that'll be definitely something I can can, uh, put a stake, a flag in the ground that I completed it. So uh, I've got to get through that. I think is my my big one for the year.
1: How many classes per week?
2: Just two, but it's from six to ten twice a week. So, I, like I said I don't know what the the workload is in between classes. It's like I said, I, I'm just uh, yeah, I haven't done any of the prep work. So, not that there was work to do before that, but I've got a I've already got a stethoscope ready. I got that from one of my fireman uh, fire buddies because uh, I needed that, and there's going to be a uniform. So there's a lot to, like I said, there's a lot of logistics that I'm already anxious about, but I'm, I'm behind the eight ball a little bit to get that going. But I'm very excited. I think it's, a, it's an important skill set for, you know, uh, in everybody, honestly, to be more knowledgeable how to handle a medical emergencies. And so I want that in my toolbox, and we'll see if, where that leads.
1: I actually train an EMT paramedic um, he's not from here though. He lives in another state, but yeah, it's a good skill Um, it, matter of fact, maybe one day the three of us, if I can work around his schedule, do a zoom, you can talk to him, you can meet him, you know, uh, virtually.
2: Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, I'm going to start having him. questions for sure. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I'll ask him, you know, it's all I can do is ask, you know, no harm, no harm in asking, but, um, no, it's just, uh, you know, we all have our little things. We, I generally don't make, like resolutions per se, you know, I make, like, I hope this happens kind of thing. Like, you know, let's say, Oh, I hope I meet the right woman or, you know, things like that that are a little bit more esoteric, a little bit more out of, out of uh, your direct hands. But I try to just live my life every day to the max that I can be. So I want to stay in shape as best I can, uh, you know, keep things going here you know as best i can stuff like that but you know that those are things that i have a little more direct control over meeting somebody or whatever that's a little out of my hands especially now since i can't really go out so you know it's difficult but anyway i guess on that note we should probably wrap it up she's been quiet upstairs here so uh that's good i don't know what i'll run into when i get upstairs but my my next resolution, I guess here's my first resolution. I got to go outside and shovel the snow. <laughs> that's going to happen as soon as we're done <laughs> with this podcast. That's my New Year's resolution. You know, last year, I don't know if people know this, they might, might not remember, but my car was literally, literally stuck in, in the ice in my driveway for six weeks. I could not leave the house, okay? Uh, Scott had COVID. So he was my only friend with a car around here. So I did no shopping. I did nothing. I couldn't get out. And then one day, well, you came over, Joe. You tried to help me push that car out. It wasn't moving, okay? So, you know, new tires, blah, blah, blah. The other day, man, she got stuck again, but I was able to get it out, thankfully. I don't know about today. We'll see if that car can get out. Because if that car can't get out again, I can't do this anymore, okay? Um, that'll be it. Then I'll be be—I'll literally be, this will be the last year that I can live here. You know, I will have to move because just because of that. I cannot afford to not be able to get out of my own driveway. Uh, you know, and like I said, I don't own this house. I just rent. And as you know, the driveway is gravel and it gets divots in it and all of a sudden you got, you know, three inches of solid ice that you're on. Can't get that car off of that. So, um, yeah, let's hope that I can get that car out. So I'm going to start the car up let it warm up shovel everything and then try to at least pull it out of the driveway and and hope that my mom's not freaking out while i'm you know outside you know that's that's the other thing so you get like this
2: Mm -hmm. but no i think we had a great episode yeah i think this is a great way to kick off the year it was good to have a new nico and definitely it's cool having brian join so hopefully we'll have more people jump in in the new year. So look forward to a lot of good episodes coming up.
1: Sounds good. Thank you guys. And everybody out there once again, happy new year. See you next week. Happy new year. Happy new year.